Listener Production. Hey, so Katrina, as the historians work out what to put in the history books from this year in international news, let's give them a few hints. Yeah, I think they could just listen to this episode of The Briefing and just take a transcript, hey? Uh, (laughs) I think, you know, without doubt, though, if you look at the whole year in review, the biggest story has got to be internationally the Gaza conflict, that shock attack on October the 7th when... Mm. The Hamas militants broke through the border. I mean, who can forget those images, not just the ones released by Hamas, which were quite unprecedented in terms of the how well they were produced and filmed and then streamed on social media. But also, for me, what really stood out on that day was the horrifying scenes from the music festival where all of yeah. those young people what they thought was, you know, an amazing day out. Um, some of them lost their lives and were taken hostage. Yeah, so around 1,200 people died, 240 taken hostage, and then we witnessed the deadly response from Israel where well over 10 times that number were killed. And I think one of the interesting and devastating parts of this conflict is just how divisive it is all around the world, not just in that territory, but even even here at home in Australia. Yeah, I mean, the ripple effect has been incredible. Millions and millions of people have turned out in protests all over the world, calling for a ceasefire. Um, people have, have felt very strongly about vocalizing their, their feelings about this too on social media. Um, all kinds of high profile people, it's turned out, have ended up losing their jobs as a result of it from actors to TV presenters. It has divided people in a way that few topics do. Yeah, and I know a lot of Jewish people all around the world feel increasingly targeted. There's been an increased level of anti-Semitic abuse. And that's just so sad because people don't necessarily stand alongside the Israeli government just because they're Jewish. A lot of them are really unhappy with the way things have been managed, you know, in terms of Gaza and the West Bank and the overall position of the Netanyahu government in Israel. But while that war was really making headlines, another war which really dominated headlines last year has kind of fallen out of our consciousness a a little bit, and that is the war in Ukraine, which is still continuing. I mean, we're up to our the end of our second year of that conflict. Um, It is still going strong. There uh, are no firm reports on how many people have lost their lives, but it's estimated to be around half a million people so far. The majority... Russian soldiers. So we've got Volodymyr Zelensky, the little engine that could. It's incredible. The the Russian population is three times the size of that of Ukraine, and yet they've managed to really hold their own. Uh, And not without the support of uh, the West with a lot of military support there, but we've seen some softening of language recently with Vladimir Putin addressing the G20 summit, describing the war as a tragedy and saying that nations really need to think up a way to stop it. Hmm. A tragedy that he caused. I mean, hopefully he just backs away and accept the fact that bit by bit he has lost that conflict or is losing that conflict. I mean, you think back to last year when the tanks were lining up outside Kiev in central Ukraine. Um, Thankfully now, most of the fighting has all been pushed down to 
the fringe areas in the southeast of the country and they're still um, fighting over territory there and sadly people still losing their lives. But hopefully into next year, that conflict can come to a complete end. Another big story, I guess, that's been, it's played out not just in the statistics, but also, you know, on my friend's Instagram feeds, uh, a lot of them who couldn't have travelled to Europe during the pandemic went on their first big European holiday this year. And the heat waves over there, you know, the real kind of impact of climate change was really scary. We had um, people evacuated from resorts in Greece. We had tourist attractions shut down during the day because Mm. it was just too hot to go there. And then, of course, we had unprecedented wildfires in North America. Yeah, the wildfires in Canada were just unbelievable. They were so big, so much territory was burnt. And it was the hottest year or is on very much on track to be the hottest year ever. Um, so that's a big statistic for the history books, although I imagine that one might fall pretty quickly given the way that's been happening in recent years. Um, there was another interesting one in November where for the first time uh, the global average temperature went two degrees above pre-industrial levels. Now, that's the kind of threshold we're working to stop ourselves from getting to. So we got some peaks that went over that threshold. The average um, temperature rise is still around 1.1, 1.2. That's over a longer period of time. So heading in the wrong direction and pretty scary to see those peaks getting over the 2% mark. Another uh, topic that I think has really crept into our consciousness this year and also our workplaces and our schools and universities with people all over the world trying to figure out what this means for the future of humanity is AI and chat GPT. Yeah, well, I guess it's been slowly creeping into our lives in many ways, but chat GPT really did push it to another level. And um yeah, I mean, the the wrangling over it as well in Silicon Valley, that whole story around um, the founder and CEO of Sam Altman being pushed out of his own company and then within a few days brought back in um, at the expense of some of the other founders who are on the board who had to go. That was just such a crazy, interesting story. Yeah, the perfect storm for a movie. So many people have said that there needs to be a movie made about this. I reckon that's definitely on the cards for 2024, if not a TV show. I'd be interested to watch that. (laughs) Yeah, well, at the time I heard a really interesting um, interview on the New York Times Daily where they said this is maybe the most interesting tech story ever because the fighting that went on at the top level of open AI um, was just such a powerful and dramatic microcosm of the the bigger concerns around what this technology can do that this sort of optimistic versus pessimistic view of what this technology could do to our lives and how it could help or harm us is really what was at the core of that dispute and will be at the core of so many decisions we make about how to use or how to regulate or control or limit this technology. Speaking of helpful or harmful, uh, depending on who you are and where you sit in that family, the British royal family. We had a uh, new king crowned this year. Charles finally got that two and a half kilo 
jewel-studded crown placed upon his head. Camilla was vindicated, named queen consort. It had all the pomp and ceremony that you would expect. The coronation um, included a gold carriage uh, and a heck of a lot of family drama. Hmm. Yeah, well, Meghan wasn't there, sadly. Um, Harry was there. (laughs) Um, I enjoyed all the pomp and ceremony. It was just incredible to watch. What a spectacle. Yeah, it was beautiful. In terms of the Harry and Meghan and the family drama, it seems to have died down a bit. I think, you know, they've told their story in multiple formats. The book, I think, was the yeah final big part of that. Sort of talked about that in our pop culture chat as well with Antoinette. That was one of the books of the year. But now Charles has kind of, you know, had over a year in the job now. Seems to be a steady hand and I guess the fears about what kind of leader he might have been or what would happen when the Queen passed away, they, they probably haven't been realised because there is just so much tradition around this this job of being the monarch that the machine just keeps on ticking along. One of the other events when I look back on the year that I think, you know, it, it unfolded over a number of days and had everyone really captivated was the bizarre but ultimately tragic story of the Titan submersible. I think mm. it had so many elements which were really fascinating. Uh, for a start, I didn't even know that you, if you were wildly rich, could pay 250 grand to get in a submersible and go and look at the wreckage of the Titanic. Ultimately, it ended up not being the best idea. Initially, we thought that it might end in hopefully a great way because we've had evidence of that happening before. The Thai cave rescue, for example, where I guess not many people thought that they'd get all of those boys out alive and they ended up doing that. So we were hoping against the odds that it was going to be okay. But sadly... It just didn't end up that way. Oh, just, you know, as someone that sort of can can sort of be victim to claustrophobia, that, that story was <laughs> just like, whoa, how, why would you, would you ever do that? Yeah, and just the interesting um, angles that have come out of it since then, you know, the safety concerns that have been flagged on previous deep sea voyages that had been ignored, mm. the, the shape of that submersible as opposed to, you know, military submersibles and how it was different. Ocean Gate, which is the company that, that ran this high-end tourism venture has since gone out of business and it's really brought into question extreme adventure tourism for the rich. Well, definitely that version of it. Yeah, crazy story. One I'd almost forgotten about actually. Another big story this year which we can't ignore, um, partly because it is so interesting, partly because it's going to go to a whole other level next year even, is the Donald Trump comeback. I mean, if at the start of the year I'd said to you, Katrina, Donald Trump will be charged in relation to four separate criminal cases this year, and he will be the front runner to be the US president again. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah. Isn't that wild? It is. It's wild that we end 2023 with Trump leading Biden in most of the polls, Mm. some of them by as much as 9%. He's getting the backing, the financial backing of some of the country's richest people. And and he's really spinning the legal trouble to his advantage. You know, 
the narrative of the radical left lunatics. Um, he's utilizing his court appearances to turn the tables on an establishment he believes is out to get him and really garnering support from people who believe the mainstream media is spinning lies. Yeah, and it's always chaotic enough to cut through in the news cycle and draw attention back onto him. And it always just blows my mind the levels it gets to to be able to to do that, like to be facing all these criminal charges and for that to somehow be building support for him. I mean, at the start of the year, when you look at the polling on the potential Republican candidates, uh, Rhonda Santos, the nearest contender, was actually pretty close. It was 45 to 35 at the start of the year, Trump slightly ahead of DeSantos. But as the year went on and all this legal drama played out, Trump continued to grow his support as the lead Republican candidate, eventually getting up from 45 to 60. And DeSantis went down from 35 into the teens. So he's the standout Republican nominee by a long shot. And then, as you mentioned, in the poll against Biden, uh, he's ahead as well. And Biden does not seem to be impressing people. And people, when they're asked, they're just simply worried that he's too old. So what do you reckon all this means for next year, Tom? Well, these criminal trials are going to be running in parallel to the primaries in the first part of the year and then the general election itself later in the year as we head towards November. So the obvious prediction is that it's going to be just absolutely chaotic and crazy and this year will we'll feel like we got a bit of a rest from Trump compared to next year. And yeah. I, the, the big question, will he be president again? Probably. Mm. What do you think? Sadly, I think probably that's how it's looking for 2024. Mm-hmm. Although, wild card, yeah. just in recent weeks, we've had Dwayne The Rock Johnson put publicly on the record that he would run for president <laughs> if it was what the public wanted. And an online poll has said that 46% of Americans would consider voting for Johnson. Is he the hero we need? Wow. Okay, that that's filling me with hope, I guess. Uh, certainly intrigue. <laughs> I guess either way, it will be a very entertaining year coming out of America and we will be thankful that there is a huge ocean between us and them. Listener.